send out the search parties just yet believe it or not i've made it i'm here ready to go ready to be exciting for just for you you know it's kind of what it's all about being exciting and fun and giving you information you need to hear um so i have a couple things to talk about today hello everybody my name is lee jackson america's finest watchman Back with you again. Okay, so let's get over some business. Number one, uh, I did talk to Jonathan at the Hong Kong Collectors Club. They call it the Horology Club. And I have a nice talk with him that's going to be on the next episode of the podcast. So should be number 310. And there will be a nice interview with this Jonathan. You're going to love it. So don't miss it because this is really worthwhile. But what I want to talk about today before we get to the interview, which is, again, the next episode, not this episode. I want to talk about what you do when you walk into a store. Okay, I'm in a different city and I'm looking for watches. Where do I go? What do I do? Okay, well, there's lots of different things, ways to proceed. Number one. I would think about antique malls. But remember, when you find antique malls, they charge a big percentage to their people. And the security is nil. So you're not going to find real expensive watches in an antique mall. Not a normal antique mall has different kinds of antiques. The best you can find is inexpensive, uh, you know, older watches <clears throat> and pockets. If by chance you were to find something worthwhile, that would be a different story. That would be something else. That'd be really good. But it doesn't usually happen that way. You don't usually find stuff in those kind of antique malls. They charge like, I don't know, 30, 40%. So whatever you're paying, 30, 40% of that money is going to the, the shop. And they get that money for housing the merchandise, supposedly security, which I learned the hard way there is none. Um, So don't expect to find incredible finds in a regular antique mall. You can look. You might find parts. You might find bands. You never know what you're going to find. It's worth a look, especially in a small place. You know, a new town. Go to the antique section of town and look in antique stores. You can look in like Salvation Army and um, what's the other one? Goodwill. But they pick through everything. They have, I think they have deals with people that when something comes in, they call them. Or they just take it themselves. To this date, I have never found anything good at a Goodwill or a thrift shop. Never. But it's always fun to look. I mean, it can't hurt you to look. Uh, You might want to make a deal, but if you're just in a town for the day or you're passing through, it won't work. But if you were in town, you might want to go to your local thrift store and say, hey, I'm a watch collector. If you ever come up with watches, please give me a call. Here's my number. Can't hurt. 
I see people advertising in local newspapers, the regular newspaper, you name it. I buy watches. I buy watches. Don't do something like that unless you're really prepared to buy a lot and deal with people. You know, there's crooks out there, too. They could they could case you and see what you have and then rip you off. You never know. Not a good place to be. Um, I had a very good friend of mine who was an Omega collector. This is long before Omegas got real hot. He had a beautiful collection of Omegas. I mean, older ones that were just breathtaking, really nice. He had really creme de la creme. And he had probably a thousand pieces. He had lots and lots of pieces. And he was coming back from a show and had his merchandise in his trunk and went to eat. And while he was eating, they broke into his trunk and stole everything. So he lost the whole shebang. So you got to be careful. You know, they could case you. That's why I would never put anything on a Craigslist or a place where they have to come to your house. Don't do that. They could rob you. They could case your place. You never know what goes on. You just don't. And is it worth doing it? No, it is not. Not in my opinion, at least maybe in yours, because you're smarter than me, but you know, I don't think it's that worthwhile. So I wouldn't do that. And the same goes in reverse. I have never seen a good deal in a local newspaper or in a regular newspaper. No, they want big money. Craigslist, big money. They're crazy. They're all nuts. Yes, you can offer them a lot less. Yeah, you could try, but it probably won't work. So those are not really great places. But if you could find maybe an antique store that had some watches, that might be a good one. Or if you run into a, I'm trying to think, where else could you go if you were really looking hard? I mean, they have antique malls that have better quality stuff. I used to be in a, a store that was high-end French. They had like French paintings and they had Art Deco uh, chandeliers from the 20s. They had gorgeous Art Deco French stuff. I mean, gorgeous. And I was in there. I had expensive pieces sitting in there for years. And they took care of it. Nothing ever got stolen. And yet I was in another antique mall, which was a regular kind of antique mall. And I had a lot of stuff taken. And they would say, oh, we don't know what happened to it. And no, you had no recourse. When you jumped in there, you signed that you were not going to go after them if anything got lost or stolen or whatever. And believe me when I tell you, they meant it. But when I went to this higher end antique store and I used to go there to one very similar to this to buy watches. And there was a guy who had a watch case and he was really reasonable. His stuff was really nice. And I was buying like crazy, like a drunken sailor from this guy. I'd wait for him to put new stuff out. Bam, I'd be over there buying. No discounts, just buy. He was so reasonable, I didn't care. I mean, I bought IWCs and Rolexes and some really, really nice pieces from this guy. Uh, then I had another guy who used to go to swap meets. So that's another thing you could try is go to swap meets. This guy was, he called himself the Time Bandit. He's a really nice guy too. What a nice man. And he and his brother, and they were older guys. They looked like ex-hippies. They would, uh, they were pickers. You ever see the show American Pickers where they go and they pick? That's what these guys would do. They go picking. Uh, they never told me, but garage sales were probably a good shot. Um, I don't know. They would pick and they would come up with stuff all the time. And his brother, it was him and his brother, his brother collected things like newspapers, record albums, 
uh, Star Wars, stuff like that. And he did really well with that stuff. And then my friend, what he did was watches, pockets and wrists. And then after a while, he was, I'm trying to think, he wasn't the cleanest person I ever saw. He lived, his house was kind of ramshackle. And his stuff was not exactly top-notch, but not far off. And he fixed a lot of the stuff himself. So that that was bad because he wasn't the greatest repairman I ever saw. He saw him working on stuff. And he'd be working on watches and he'd have a cigarette dangling, and dangling out of his mouth, smoking with the smoke coming out and the whole thing. And I'm thinking, that's just what you need to watch, ashes and smoke. Great. So you get an idea. He also had a way of aging the dials with cigarettes. He would light a cigarette, take a dial, and let the cigarette smoke really close to it, and it would darken the dial, and that's how he would age them with a cigarette, believe it or not. And it worked. It looked aged. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, folks. you got to watch out. There are so many fakes and so many people trying to get your goat that you got to be careful. And the other, the opposite side of that spectrum is if you find someone that's really good, stick with them. Mine out that honey hole, baby, till it's gone. So swap meets are not a bad idea. You might find a guy selling watches. Now, you probably won't find a guy selling watches at a swap meet the best quality. You're probably going to find a little lower quality items. You know, you're not going to find like a $50,000 Audemars sitting at a swap meet. No. But you could find offbeat stuff. And you can find less expensive stuff. You probably won't find Rolexes there. But if you're a true collector, you may find pieces that you want or you like. And at reasonable prices. Because remember, with you got to think about this. What is their overhead? Overhead can kill you. Overhead is how much does it cost to be there? To keep the lights on, insurance, you name it. Plus, if they take credit cards, I got to pay that. So that all has to come out of their profit. So whatever they charge you, that has to be included. It's baked in. So you're going to find a much better deal at a swap meet because they pay so much less to be there than a hard brick and mortar store. Um, there's a lot of online people. And the problem with online is it's a uh, fight or flight kind of thing, you know. They just leave. Like on eBay, if you find somebody they, and they mess up, they'll just change names and goodbye. They'll leave. So you got to be really careful because if you haven't been ripped off, consider yourself lucky. And when you're talking about the kind of money we're talking about now, because watches have gone up so damn much, it becomes serious, serious game. You've got to watch yourself and protect yourself in the clinches. Another thing, and this is a really, if you really want to hit a honey hole, but remember, it's not going to be that cheap. They have meetings from the NAWCC, the National Association of Watch and Clock Collectors. In your city, they probably have them. That's where you're going to go and meet other collectors and get a good deal on stuff. It's not for people that are looking for like a high-end, you know, Rolex or Audemars or Bash, but that's not what they have in those places. They have watches for people to collect watches, serious watch collectors, not people that want the fanciest, schmanciest watch there is. That stuff, that's not what they not what they usually have, but they do have good merchandise. And if you go toward the end of the show, which is usually a day or two, you can make a hell of a deal because remember, if they don't sell it to you, they got to pack up and take it home. And they don't want to do that. They want to get rid of everything. 
So that's your best shot if you go to one of those. Um, there's also another one, a big one called the IJGW or something, the International Jewelry Guild and Watches, something like the IGJ. And those are real shows for wholesalers. And if you can get into one of those, the deals there are real good, but it's higher end. You're not going to find $200 watches in a place like you might, but not, I don't think so. I think you're going to find much more expensive stuff. And the best part is you can find parts in these places too. Dials, things you can't find normally. You know, with car parts, you can go to an auto swap meet and find car parts. But not with watches. Not that easy. I'm still looking for a dial for my 2710. I can't find one to beat the band. I'm trying to find a new old stock dial. Because my 2710, my Gerard Pergo Richville, two reg chrono, uh, the dial is spotted. It has little white spots on a silver dial. And you see it sometimes. Be nice to get a nicer dial for a better dial. Um, so when one pops up, I'm going to grab it. But so far, I have found nothing. Zero. I found one that was there. When I went to go buy it, it was long gone. The idiot hadn't taken it down. So I sent these idiots a uh, an email and said, hey, do you have any other dials for this? And they didn't even answer me. And I don't know how you take this, but when you are nice enough or you take the time to send an email to somebody to ask a question or something, and they don't answer you, to me, it's a slap in the face. Because I'm a dealer too. And anytime anybody asks me a question, I always try to be polite. And not be mean and not be condescending, you know, and be decent about it. What do you got to lose? My God, people out there are so rotten sometimes. As far as I look at it, my money's as good as anybody else's and so is yours. So you should be able to deal with some of these people and they should at least have the courtesy to talk to you. Um, but be careful when you go to these shows because the people that are dealers there are very knowledgeable. They've been doing it a long time. So watch yourself because uh, you may say something that gives away the fact you know little compared to them. And you don't want to do that. You want to just play cool. If you find someone that's good, um, it's a good idea to get a card, get a list from them, and so on. Uh, and I think I told you this, I had a friend who did jewelry shows on TV and he needed a lot of merchandise. I mean, a lot. So he would go to dealers and he would say, what do you want to get rid of? What don't you want? And he'd get a much better price. And he didn't care. He would sell it no matter what. And it was a good way to do it. So you might want to say that. What do you want to get rid of? What are you tired of? What's not selling? That's an idea. I mean, you got to have guts to say it. But, you know, what do you got to lose? It's your money. It's very simple. Goodbye. Very, very simple. It's not hard to figure out. You want to try to not lose your shirt. And you want to get something that at least you could turn around and sell if you had to. And get at least your money out or more. That's always a nice idea. That way... What I like to do is get a bunch of less lesser stuff and then sell it and put the money in a pool in and buy something better. That's what I like to do. Or get rid of some of the pieces I've been sitting on for a while and they don't they don't excite me like they used to. You know, we evolve. I've said this how many times. You evolve as a collector. 
You don't just stand pat in one place. Although some people do. Some people will just collect, you know, omegas or something, and that's where they stay. Me, I don't know. I kind of evolved. I can't wear the cheap stuff anymore. I can't wear the weird looking stuff like I used to. Like I told you that the eyeball look from the 70s that uh, Omega and a few other companies had. I got a Jaeger La Culture that looked like that. And I got to tell you, everybody said it looked lousy. It looked like an old watch. Didn't look, I thought it looked great, but the design, old hat. So you got to be, you know, what you like. You got to stick to what you like. And if you evolve, be ready to sell. That's all. Just get rid of it and get something you want more. I've had some watches I've gotten rid of that now I wish I had back. But then again, I was selling a lot of stuff. It's a different story when you're turning stuff around and selling it. You can't keep everything. If you're a collector, you can. But if you're on TV selling like I do and uh, did, you have to get rid of it. You got to turn merchandise over. Uh, My friend that did the jewelry, his whole idea was turn it over, turn it over. It didn't matter if you're stuck with it turn it over, get rid of it, buy something else. He wasn't, he's not like me. I would sit on something and get my price. He wouldn't do it. He'd tell me, just turn it. Got to sell it. If you can't get what you want, get something and get out. And there is that mode of thinking, you know, in some places they look at how, how long they keep merchandise. How long does it take to turn things over your inventory? And that's, that's actually a metric that people look at, not in watches so much, but in other uh, areas. What's the metric of how long does it take for your inventory to turn over? And that's important. With watches, do you want to sit on something forever waiting for your price if you ever get it? Or do you want to sell it? Don't forget there's other people have the same merchandise out there or similar. So if you don't want to sell it, somebody else will sell it and you won't get the sale. You got to think of that too. Okay, so we've covered going to swap meets, which I think is a real good one especially the smaller swap meets, not the big ones, like, uh, you know, the giant ones. You don't want to go to those because everybody goes to those. If you do go to a swap meet, the best thing you could do is go early, believe it or not. Like they have one in LA called the Rose Bowl. That's a big one. And they charge extra for you to get in before the crowds if you actually want to. And it's dark. You got to bring a flashlight. I mean, how dedicated are you? Are you looking for newer, more expensive stuff? Are you looking for older stuff that's not so expensive? These are the places to be looking. Okay, so we talked about the swap meets. We talked about antique malls. Uh, How about a watch store? Okay, watch stores are trying to get big money for everything. There's a company called Torneau, and they're huge. And they sell a lot of pre-owned and new. They have everybody in there. I mean, they have all the major brands. And they used to put out catalogs of what they had for sale. And I would look at their catalogs and look at things like Omegas and Hamiltons and things like that. And they were really expensive. And I saw them in this catalog selling for, I don't know, $1,600. I could buy the same watch for $200. And I thought, wow, what a spread. <clears throat> what a difference between the high and the low. What it cost to buy it, what they're selling it for. So I thought, well, you know what? If I could sell it for double what I was paying, I'd be happy. And I'd be a hell of a lot less. So when you go to places like Torneau, it's a good idea to go to places like that, even though they're ridiculously expensive, because you get to look at everything. The knowledge is power. The more you see in your hand, 
the better off you are. You see the size, the design, the quality, how the dial looks, all kinds of that stuff. And it's important. It gives you a better knowledge. When you do see something you're going to buy, you get a better idea of what is it. What age is it from? What kind of movement does it have? How good are they? Everything you learn helps you later. And there are some books by an author called Roy Earhart that are very good. And they are for watch collectors. And they're old now, so the prices are way out of whack because the prices are, I don't know, 20 years ago or something. But it gives you a really good idea of what's out there and what the desire value is. I mean, how desirable is it? Even back then, you can tell what's more desirable than others. And that has not changed. Those things have only continued to go up and up and up and up and up, not down. So those are really a really good resource. So jewelry stores are not going to be your best resource unless they're selling vintage reasonably. Most of the time they're not. Because they have the full price regular stuff, they figure vintage should be probably half or three quarters of that price. So that's what they do. They, they charge a lot more than we'd like to pay. Now, can you negotiate? you damn right you can. Worst thing they can do is say no. It's the worst thing they can do. Don't embarrass yourself. Just ask. Can you do any better? It's a little over my price range. Do you have anything else? If they want to sell it, they will make a deal. I'm telling you, they will. I told you a story when I bought my uh, my show part. I'll tell it again because I think it's really amusing. I went to a few different places um, and asked if they would. I knew what I could pay. I had a number in mind that I thought was a fair number. I really did. I still do. And I figured, well, I got to pay customs and I'm going to have, because it's coming from Europe probably, I got to pay customs and taxes and this and that. And I have to have it at this price with all in. So I started looking at the price I wanted and the price they were charging for these was much higher. And I sent an email to all these people. There are probably five different people and said, uh, can you do any better? Here's what I want to pay. Here's what I can't, here's what I can pay. I think I said, and most of them laughed, poo pooed me. And I thought, you know what? I'll get what I want eventually. I'm telling you, patience is a virtue. It really is. Because I've told you this a jillion times. I'm the least patient person in the world. But when it comes to this stuff, you have to be or you'll get burned down to your core. So I'm patient when it comes to these kind of things. So I just said, okay, no problem. You don't want to sell it to me? No problem. See you later. So I got a hold of one company that was a larger company. And they played games with me, which... Excuse me, I invented all these games, so I know exactly what they're doing. So I get somebody that comes back and they say, oh, we can't do that. It's too low. And it wasn't that much lower than they were asking. Probably, I think my budget was like 3700 or something because I figured all in I could pay up to 41 because that's what I had in, in money I was going to spend. I had a budget. I had to stick to it. So I said, well, here's what I can pay. And one of these companies came back and said, no, 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 I don't think we can do that. I go, no problem. See you later. 
they made a whole big deal. Oh, you know, we have all these people that want it. And this is a very desirable item. And that, 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 that. I go, whatever. Okay, no problem. And then a few days later, the same people came back. And I don't think I was asking that much less than they were asking. Probably, I don't know, 300 off. Four. No, it's not much. And a few days later, this person comes back and says, oh, you know, I talked to my boss and we talked to the manager and can you do, can you come up to this? I said, uh, no. I said, this is where I want to be and where I have to be. If you can meet the price, great. We have a deal. If not, no problem. Have a nice day. You have to be that way. Haven't you heard of people walking out of car dealerships when they tell them, here's what I can pay and they say no and they go, okay, I'm going to leave. And that's the worst thing you can do to a salesperson is get up and walk out. Because when they've got you ready to put pull the money out of your pocket, you're gold. They got to close the deal. You are gold, baby. So she came back and she said, well, you know, I talked to the manager. And I'm laughing, look, reading all this garbage about how important they are and how do you do. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But you know what? I get it. They're dealing with the public. And she finally came back and said, well, we'll take your price. I knew they would. Nobody was buying them, the one I wanted. There were four or five of them on a website sitting there for the longest time. I knew they weren't going anywhere. I knew it. I absolutely knew it. So I ended up getting the piece for exactly what I wanted. And it was gorgeous. I still have it. I'm in love with it. It's a beautiful piece. And you want to kind of stay away from the most popular, most in-demand watches if you want a deal. If you're willing to pay the price, go for it. It's all a question of price versus what you think it's worth and value. It's, that's, that's the whole thing in a nutshell. What's it worth? What would you pay? What would anybody else pay? Remember, if you're not going to pay it, is everybody else going to pay it? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they just run off and pay it, no problem at all. Other times, no, it sits there. The worst thing they can have is dead merchandise sitting there. It's not making them any money sitting there. They need to turn it. And that's what I knew in the back of my mind when I contacted these people and talked to them. That they'd have to be completely crazy not to take my deal. Unless it's below what they paid or, I don't know, something like that, which I don't know what they paid. I just know what I wanted to pay. And that's what I did. And I've done that before. And I've also gone to dealers that I have bought from. They don't know me from Adam, by the way. I don't say to them, oh, guess who I am? No. I want to be anonymous. I want to be no big deal. I want to be able to get in and get out. I've gone to some of these people, especially I told you the one I like in Japan and said, you know, I'm an, I'm a good customer of yours. I bought this, this, and this. Can you make me a better deal? And lo and behold, I got an excellent deal. I was very pleased. That's why if you ever want to know who this seller is, I'm happy to give you the seller. They got sometimes bad rap, but I had nothing but uh, a plus for these guys. They were just great. Straight up, no playing around did a dynamite job. So when you find somebody like that, that's somebody you want to go to and, and look at what they have and see if there's anything you want, because that really makes, makes my week, makes my month, makes my year. 
I saw a watch online that was selling for, I'm trying to remember, I don't know, eight, 900 bucks. And I said, uh, can I get a better deal? You know, I'm an old customer, blah, blah, blah. I got it for like seven and I was so happy. And I see the same watch today for 3000 and the one I got was in gorgeous condition. Gorgeous. Hasn't needed a thing, not a buff, not a clean, nothing runs beautifully still. So deals are out there, folks. You just have to stare at them, sniff them out. They're there. Imagine all the people in this world, even if you go back to the 50s or the 60s, they all had watches, most of them. Where'd they all go? A lot of them are sitting in stores. They don't know what to do with them. They also don't know how to fix them. Most places just buy it and sell it. They don't do anything to it. Like if you went to a thrift shop, they're certainly not going to do any work to a watch. You need to do the work. So you have to eyeball this thing and figure out what does it need and what's it going to cost and is it worth it? And if it needs less, that's money in my pocket. I don't have to lay out. It stays in my pocket. Like these watches that I have bought that have been just perfect, haven't needed anything. That's what I want. That's the sort of thing I want. I guarantee you, that's what you want. And if you can't get that, then you should get a better price so you can put the time and the effort and the money into fixing it up. Okay, we're just about out of time. Don't forget uh, the next episode, which is coming up, features the Hong Kong Collectors Club, and they are awesome. When you hear what these guys are doing and what you can get in on, you got I mean, you got to listen to this because you can go to their website, you can join for free, and they're actually making watches with major manufacturers just for them. And you could get in on it. It's amazing. So I want to say goodbye. America's finest watchman. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Thank you so much. Lee Jackson watches at gmail.com. Have a great one. Don't